630 Chad This Morning Podcast with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre. I'm going to throw some numbers out at you. And even if you ingest one of the numbers, you're going to know how serious a situation this is. A new report out today, a landmark study projects a 187% increase in people living with dementia in Canada by 2050. More than 600,000 people in Canada are living with dementia every day. More than 350 people in Canada develop dementia. That's more than 15 every hour. And by 2030, nearly a million people in Canada could live with dementia. Those are the stats uh, put out by the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. A local foundation has teamed up with the University of Alberta before they opened their new memory care unit to make sure that the people who are suffering from dementia have... uh, a, a, a nice place to live out their final years. We've got the CEO of the Canterbury Foundation, Heidi Hadubiak, in studio with us. Uh, good morning and thanks for joining us. Good morning. So tell us about this uh, new memory care unit and, and how it got started. Obviously, there's a big need for it, unfortunately, um, and why you wanted to do things a little bit differently. Yeah, thanks. Well, uh, when it got started, we already had a space and uh, we found that we were struggling to keep up with the ability to, um, you know, manage our wait list. And so when we were looking at renovations, we recognized with, the, you know, like the information you just presented, Stacy, that we really had to be looking to the future and recognize that dementia was going to be a significant challenge for society. Uh, so we um, increased the space by two and a half si- times the size. We have about 52 spaces in in the area. Um, But we also recognize that um, with this being a significant problem and individuals having memory loss earlier in life, we needed to make sure that we had a space that um, was really built around purpose-filled living, that it wasn't just, you know, a space where people came to live out their final days. Um, We teamed up with the uh, human ecology department at the U of A, and we really focused on uh, things like how do people transition well into spaces like this and what does it mean to live with a sense of purpose even when we have cognitive impairment. People fundamentally don't forget things like I wake up in the morning and if I don't make my bed I just feel off for the rest of the day and they don't forget that they get up and they have their piece of toast and their coffee and they read the newspaper or listen to 630 Chet every morning. Um, Those are really important aspects for people and it's important for us to have a space that allows people to live their normal routine so that they're really at peace and have a sense of quality of life. So what did the U of A say that you made you think and go, oh, I hadn't thought about that before? Oh my goodness, there was so much. Uh, you know, my background is nursing, so one of the funniest things was, um, we, you know, we set up our kitchen. It was this beautiful space, and it's a, you know, it's a home-style kitchen where um, one of my favorite uh, times was when we first came into the unit and residents had moved in, and we walked in, and there was just one of our residents that was there getting, you know, taking a glass down and, and getting some water from the uh, from the kitchen and just having a drink of water, which seems very probably mundane, but for us, it felt like these people feel at home. Um, which is incredibly important. Um, but they were the first to point out the fact that most homes don't have a blood pressure cuff uh, you know, in, in their kitchen. And we really had to look at the space and think about, um, so what if we want this to be a home, what does that look like? And what is each space intended for? And how do people move through the space? We have the beautiful um, memory loop that we have designed where there's the ability to walk internally. We have cold winters, right? To be able to walk internally with these um, really neat turnarounds so people don't really 
really see the door at the end. Um, and there's different spaces that have different um, energies and vibes. There's a garden space and a cityscape, and we have a gallery, and we have a 50s diner, which is my absolute favorite. <laughs> Because exercise important, so that that loop certainly important, and also not having a door where where they know that yeah they can leave or may tempt them to leave. Correct. It's um, it's really um, that you know exit seeking, especially when residents first come to the space um, it, until hard. they adjust. Right there, it's sort of that sense of this isn't my home yet, and I need to get home. And so, if there's a sense that there's an exit door, um, that can really increase anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the doors are designed to actually just blend in, and there's a lot less of that sort of sense of angst on the unit. In fact, most people come on and say it's really quiet and I say that's good that's a good thing that it's quiet on the unit just means that people are living their their lives and they're going about their day-to-day things and it sounds like a home Mm -hmm. yeah I remember my grandpa once he was was put in a facility because he suffered uh, from Alzheimer's he he constantly wanted to go home when am I going home when am I going home and and it was it was never ending and of course there was that door that that, uh, he could see and and obviously that was his his escape to go home how rare where is it for a facility like yours to team up with U of A researchers to, to make sure they're doing it right? Well, um, the the human ecology um, team has done a handful of projects, but not uh, here in in Alberta per se. So we were extremely lucky to be able to leverage their talents um, and look at a combination of um, the space, the way it was designed, but also how we're using that space and working with our residents. And I say working with our residents because one of the things we had to really learn and the phrase that we adopted was living with our our residents. It's their home. And it really, um, there was a bit of a mind shift that they really helped us uh, go through to understand uh, what the difference was between sort of working in a space and and actually creating home. Uh, that was the most valuable thing. Our staff really understand that uh, they're walking into their home, the, these residents' home, and their orientation and their training is all geared towards really understanding what it's like to create home. And um, we see a little less of what you described with your grandpa because uh, residents do really start to settle in. They develop friendships. They feel like they've got things going on during the day and they keep they keep quite busy. So it's a, it's a great place. Also, something that uh, Canterbury is doing that may be a little bit uh, unique is your end of care unit. It is, the, it is a model and it's the first of its kind in Alberta. So what makes it different than others? Sure. That um, well, as a not-for-profit, um, we're incredibly fortunate to have been able to um, look at what the needs are and and develop our model, our care model accordingly. So, um, before I was CEO, I was director of health services, and I certainly had a vision for the fact that um, we have residents come in at in independent level, um, sometimes supportive and sometimes memory care. But at the end of the day, oftentimes their care needs change, and we'd often have to say goodbye to our residents that have been with us for many years. And what we were missing was that stage uh, and aging uh, option where we could have someone there till end of life, whether that was for physical needs or any other needs um, that they may require. And so a year ago today, when our renovation wrapped up, we were able to open up the Haven, um, which allows us to go from independent living all the way through to end of life, which is really unique to have a full service campus. So they don't have to leave. Correct. And so this is their home, and if you're styling it as a home, 
they don't have to move and they pack up. They don't have to move. Because that's disruptive. It is, especially with memory care, but really with any um, any area that uh, people live in in the facility. To have your same team, your family knows you, your friends are just down the hallway, they still visit. Um, it's, uh, it's a much better model for residents. You're having a bit of a party today. We are. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're incredibly excited. We have a Centurion birthday party this afternoon. Um, so I'm dressed up in my party best because we have a number of residents that are over the age of 100 in our facility. And it, it occurred to us over the last couple of years that we're, um, we're seeing people um, really age well. And um, the fact that we have over 10 people celebrating birthdays over 100 years old is incredible. So we thought we needed to celebrate that as, uh, as we go into our 50th year in operation at Canterbury. Uh, we wanted to celebrate with our residents. The stories they must tell, it must be just absolutely incredible. I am honored to get to work with them and in service to them every day. All right. Thanks so much for joining us and telling us about uh, the things that are being done differently because dementia, um, memory care units, they are full. You you mentioned a wait list. What is the wait list right now to get into one of these memory care units? Well, fortunately for us, because we've just expanded, we have immediate availability. So now's a really great time if you're looking for support for your loved one. Um, Please don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Stacey. That's Heidi Hadoubiak, uh, CEO of Canterbury Foundation, talking about uh, their their local seniors' home and, of course, their new memory care unit, which apparently has spots available. So, obviously, you know how to get a hold of them. You can always uh, Google them and contact them there.